Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, he's longtime jazz assistant coach and our good friend Gordon Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Jake, I am doing well, Gordon, also. Thank you. Coach, you have a good uh, Independence Day? Have a good weekend? I really did. Yes, I did. And it was a, a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to the NBA Finals tonight, Jake. Just curious, Gordy. What do you do for fun? I'm really a big movie buff. Oh. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, being, I'm looking to go to movies all the time, and uh, I'm um, heading back this weekend to go to movies for the first time in what 16 months. But I watch a lot at home. But I love going to the theater. And then, Gordon, remember those days you used to have a drive-in theater? Oh yeah. What fun that was back in New Jersey, and I'm sure in California. So that's what I do for a, for a lot of fun. You know, Austin does a, a movie show here on yeah. the Zone oh, Sports I know. Net. And, and he's uh, great Austin. at it, and uh, I listen all the time, and uh, it's fun. Mo- movies really are really cultural as far as enhancement, just like sports where you learn about diversity and about different ways to see things, and you, you get a certain feeling about a movie or a player or a game. You know, I'm not uh, here to program anything, Austin, but uh, special guest host Coach Chiesa has kind of a, a good ring to it. For but I'll be season. fun for just one time. I'd love to be an honor. There you go. All right, Coach, uh, let's start off with the Jazz, and then, of course, we'll talk to you about the finals as well. But uh, reports about the Jazz are going to be aggressive in retaining Michael Conley. Gordon and I both think, like, well, yeah, of course. But what are your thoughts on, on the decision now he's got to make as he's a free agent for the first time in his career? Very much so. I would, for the first question Mike would have to answer is that as far as the, um, not the economics of it, you know it's important. He's 34 years old. Where can he play the best? And if that was the case, then it would be Utah, where he's, he's much more comfortable in year number two than it was year number one. And the Jazz need what he does for them. And that gives them a steadiness, a timely shooter, and he plays in lockstep with Donovan Mitchell. So now, to the next part of it would be the economics of it. What, what can you give them and as far as how many years and how it affects the salary cap and also future, the luxury tax and the, the rest of the roster that you need to try to compete in the West. So Mike Conley, he, he's probably worth right now roughly two-year contract till age 36, meaning age 34 right now, I would say on average $15 million a year, and that'd be more than a fair contract, and that'd be a win-win. Now, does Mike County think that? We'll find out. Hmm. Why is he so important to the Jazz? Jake and I were talking about that, Gordy. We gave our opinions. I'm interested in yours. Well, he's a timely shooter, so he doesn't think shot as far as offensively. He thinks making a play, so that is absolutely positive. But he can make enough open jump shots and threes, keep defense honest. He's a ball mover and passer. And now defensively, even though he competes, that frail size, I mean, as far as upper body strength, he gets in trouble. So what he gives the Jazz is that it allows Donovan Mitchell to play free flow some of the time. With Donovan, there's so much pressure on him to score the ball in clutch situations and to be a timely passer with Mike Conley there. That takes away. Mike Conley also plays in lockstep with Jordan Clarkson very well. What do you, excuse me, what do you think of our finals matchup, Coach? It's going to be so many compelling stories. So here's just, uh, here's just a, a short um, synopsis as far as what it takes to win to be an NBA title. 
as far as the team attributes, not the names of the players. This is what you need. So when I say this, there's this, uh, seven uh, attributes. Think about the Suns and the Bucks. You guys ready? Number one, you need star power. Number two, speed. Three, toughness. Four, health. Five, versatility. Six, discipline. Seven, luck. That's the blueprint to win as far as attributes. So with that said, who do you like, Jake? Who are you leaning to? Oh, man, unfortunately Phoenix, but I'm cheering for Milwaukee. Okay, Gordon, who are you leaning to? Toward Phoenix. Okay, I'm leaning also to Phoenix in seven games because they have many of those attributes, and that's why it's absolutely critical. Also, I like about the, uh, the finals is that there's new energy. You know, this is the first time in the last 15 years – that these three players were not in the NBA Finals. They are LeBron James, Stephen Curry, or the late, great Kobe Bryant. So there's a newness about the playoffs where it's the Bucks and the Suns, and they're going to be champions. So, I mean, whether Giannis or Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or, uh, or a Chris Paul for the first time in 16 brilliant years or young uh, star Derek Booker, someone's going to be champions, and I find that very exciting. Gordy, what is Chris Paul proving that he hasn't proved before? That he can lead a team by himself. So he's always uh, been a, a, a star player, but this is his team. He is the guy that absolutely is the change agent. He changed around the whole team of the Phoenix Suns. Let's not forget now that back in the 2018-19 season, the Phoenix Suns were 19-63. and 63. They were the worst record in the West. Let's fast forward it. Two years later, with Chris Paul being there for this, for this first year right now, they think they could be champions. So what he, what he did differently is that everybody saw, besides his brilliance, how he's able to make the players around him collectively everybody better, including Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Here's just one thing about Chris Paul, which is absolutely amazing is that in the 14 playoff games this season he's played in, Gordon and Jake, he has 122 assists compared to only 22 turnovers. So he's plus 100 in the playoffs with everyone trying to uh, stalk him and double-team him and bump him and get him off balance. And that's what he brings to the, uh, to the Suns, this unbelievable, incredible ball value, possession uh, heightened, by the way, how you dare not guard me as far as my middle jump shot. That's what he brings. You know, the thing about that is, Jake, you always tease me about stressing turnovers. That's why I like Chris Paul. That's one of the reasons I like him so much. Oh, good. Very much. In, in playoff basketball, possessions are golden in that the teams are bizarre when they just come down and fire ill-advised three-point shots. It's even worse. But just jumpers versus what? I'm not saying if you open, don't shoot it. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that, generally speaking, when the ball moves, the scoreboard moves. When the ball sticks, the scoreboard sticks. Players and shooters, they make open shots when there's more fluidity offensively. And Chris Paul is absolutely ultimate with that, and he's uplifted the whole franchise. So I just I find it very, very fascinating. From the Bucks' point of view, I just described – 
uh, just to drive Chris Middleton. I know Giannis is hurt right now, so we're, we're, we'll see how what he happens as far as his extended left knee, as far as hyperextension, what happens to him. But Chris Middleton, he has absolutely been sensational, the counterpunch for the Bucks right now, where in the clutch games, he's come through. Here's the two things I want to say about Chris, uh, Chris Middleton. In game five and six, when Giannis was not there versus Atlanta, he goes 26 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. And in game six, in a knockout game, Chris Milton goes 32 points, 4 rebounds, and 7 assists. So both Chris Paul and Chris Middleton, they're absolutely star players with Giannis could be the brightest star, but it's uncertain right now. If Giannis does not come back, and I'm glad you brought up Middleton, Coach, do the do the Bucks have an answer? Is it is it simply that everybody needs to step their game up? Is it is it Middleton needs to go supernova? How did the Bucks win? They need Bobby Portis to have a huge game and outplay Jay Crowder. So Bobby Portis is this wild card where he's aggressive, and so is Jay Crowder. So who, if no Giannis, who wins that matchup, whether it's inside, outside, or outside, inside? And then it's fascinating, Brooke Lopez is a stretch five, but can can go inside if need to and mix it up. He's a 35% three-point shooter, while DeAndre Ayton is the opposite. In playoff basketball this season, he's shooting from the field 70.6%. So a huge factor, can Brooke, can um, DeAndre Ayton guard Brooke out in perimeter, meaning Lopez, and can Brooke Lopez guard in deep DeAndre Ayton when Chris Paul's coming at you on a live dribble with that short corner spacing with that law pass, can he recover or make the right reads? So for the Bucks' point of view, it's got to be the whole team. Drew, Drew Holiday, Middleton, P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, and a half of Pat Connaughton, half of Jeff Teague, and a half of Bryn Forbes. <laughs> so, Gordy, from a coaching perspective, what do you like about uh, uh, Devin Booker and what do you not like about him? I like everything about him as far as his maturity, that he's an absolutely incredible uh, shooter and shot maker. So it's been very similar to Donovan. So these two guys have their, their skill set is uh, almost a, a mirror where they're much better scorers than shooters, even though they can get knocked down open shots and open threes, but they create plays. So what I like about Booker is that he's fearless shot maker. He's a willing passer, especially on that pick and roll when the coverage comes out and jumps out on him. He throws a wraparound pass, and he's an evolving defensive player. So in the beginning of his career, this is sixth year right now, his defense was absolutely indifferent, I'll, I'll, that's the word I'll use. Now with Chris Paul being there, and also with Monty Williams as being the head coach, is that he's made a more emphasis and a personal de facto of playing defense on his, on his men. So that's what I like about him, is that he can score the ball and defend his position. Also, he's an underrated rebounder. So when he gets in, he can mix it up in there with the big guys and get flying rebounds. Coach Gordon Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What does it say about the Suns that they can go from not making the playoffs for a decade to the NBA Finals as favorite to win it? It shows you the power of, of smart management, meaning James Jones and the brilliant coaching of Monte Williams. So they drafted very well where Devin Booker, homegrown Jake, 13th, Pick in 2015, Mikel Bridges, underrated two-way player, the 10th pick in 2018, 
DeAndre Ayton, the first pick, in, first pick in 2018, as far as DeAndre Ayton, and then Cameron Johnson off the bench spark plug, 11th pick, 2019. But now they added Chris Paul's brilliance, Jay Crowder's toughness, Cameron Payne off the scrap heap. Gordon, he was cut during the uh, last year. Anybody could have had him. He scores 29 points in a playoff game after being waived less than six months earlier. And then Torrey Craig, who's a free agent, and I hope the Jets would consider him as far as be, uh, Gordon and Jake, being that uh, 6-5, versatile defensive wing player. And if you have to overpay guys like that, then so, so shall it be because he, in a playoff game, meaning now he plays for the Suns right now, he can slow down the other team's superior offensive player. So it's smart management, superior coaching, and the right form of players that play as a unit. Man, that's amazing to me when a player uh, it both beats the odds like that and sort of rises out of uh, sort of disrespect all around the league. How many guys out there are there? Are there other guys out there like that, Gordy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, I would say there's so many guys that are out there that are overseas that were in the NBA and now they're 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 uh, right now trying to claw back into it. And then smart management is like I mentioned a guy this morning, uh, Jake and Gord, to a guy, a colleague of mine in the NBA about Quincy AC. He'd be a classic example of a guy that he's 6'9", he plays overseas, he played for the knucklehead Sacramento Kings, so it's always delusionary when you play with with lesser teams. He's a guy that suddenly uh, good teams would want him back in the States where a one-year contract at uh, about $2.6 he's a 10-year veteran, and that he's a big guy that could play outside, shoot threes, but more, more importantly, move his feet defensively. So, again, the, te- the lesser teams that are always struggling or the good teams get knocked out in the playoffs. Most times, it's not scoring the ball, it's defending the ball. Just generally speaking now, it's not scoring, it's defending the ball, with the only exception being the New York Knickerbockers who defend, but they don't shoot straight sometimes. They're the only team in the playoffs that would be the opposite of that. But most teams that are knocked out early, they don't defend the ball, and that's where you have to get guys around you that are uh, – either off the scrap heat or, or just overseas. Another guy, Gordon and Jake, Isaiah Thomas, all right, who was a five, five, former All-Star who had hip surgery about three years ago. He's bounced around. Again, he'd be a guy this summer that a lot of good teams might like, not as a starter, but off the bench spark plug. Because Gordon and Jake, Isaiah Thomas could score 12 points in a quarter a la Cameron Payne to win a playoff game for you. Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the Zone. Uh, Coach, what you know? We talked about Mike Conley. What about the what about the draft? The Jazz have the thirtieth pick. Is that something you expect uh, them to to be active in trying to move up and down, or do you think uh, maybe they can get somebody there that can come in and be useful? Because there's only so many ways this Jazz team moves over the cap, over the luxury tax, can add players, and that's one of them. Yeah, very much. So it makes it attractive is that that's cost certainty. So the 30th pick in a draft, it's somebody that that you know what his contract is going to be. So that's positive. So he usually be a developmental player. So again, they picked uh, Azabuki last year, who, believe it or not, does have talent. So I know everything everything's up at arms about where it's at least going small, small, small. The answer is yes. 
but you do need some big guys. Not the whole roster of them, but you have need some big guys. And so the, the Jazz, probably they're looking at some sort of wing player, just generally speaking, a wing guy that could eventually develop into a, 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 um, a, a, a player that could play as your eighth or ninth or tenth man after jackpot, he becomes the fifth starter. Again, it so much depends on where you're drafted and what's the preconception of your abilities. And, at, and the draft of the listeners right now, uh, that's going to be in July, um, definitely going to be July 29th, so we'll see it. And then comes the real offseason for agency, which starts on August 2nd, and the players start signing on August 6th. That's how you really improve a good team uh, via free agency. That's one of the things I find really, really interesting about we were talking about Cameron Payne and and others like him that have real talent who can thrive in the NBA given the right circumstances, but finding them and identifying them. And same thing with the draft, Gordy. I mean, when you hear about players like uh, Terrence Mann going 48th and uh, uh, well, there's a zillion examples, you know, the Joker. I mean, these guys are out there, but the problem is identifying them. And I, I don't know how you you talk about luck. Maybe that's part of what goes into it. Well, it's an element of luck, but also so much is is how you I call how you feel a player, like how you feel them. When I when I I always try to watch players and study them on the lesser teams. Because if you're playing hard on a knucklehead team, that tells you that you have character. And when you put them in a, a better working environment, like any business, what's the work environment? What's the workplace? And so the guy does play hard and tries to share and care as far as winning. I want him on, quote, my team. So you're getting back to Joker as far as Nikolai Jokic. Um, he was the 41st pick of the draft in 2014. He is the... Uh, the highest draft pick ever to be named MVP of of the NBA, which shows you that they they picked it, they picked them right as far as back in 2014. How do you find them? It's you, you grind it out, you have a meaningful discussions, and then you try to visualize who 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 can outplay. A lot of times, when I mention about players, uh, the first reaction is, "Oh, he can't he can't outplay so and so as a starter." Often, what you're saying is that. Off the bench guys, they're such value contributors. So when you evaluate them, so someone like Cameron Payne, so it'd be a classic example, is that you evaluate him eight minutes as against the starting players and fourteen to fifteen minutes versus the reserves. Can he impact the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when the majority of the starters are not in the game? So, again, the Suns, the, the two of their key guys off the bench, Cameron Payne was waived, and Torrey Craig, defensive player, was undrafted. And just shows, and then Jay Crowder, who starts for them, was the 34th pick of the draft in 2012. So these are all things that the better teams, they get right the majority of the times. Coach, I understand you have a list for us today. This list today, uh, Jake and Gordon, is an out of the NBA final, which I had the privilege to coach in back in 1997-98. And I remember all these guys, and one of the guys who we played against, to say the least. This list is um, two or more MVP final winners. So you MVP the finals two or more times. In the history of basketball, there's only 12 players ever to be named finals MVP twice or more. They are. With two MVP titles, 
they are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the Lakers and the Bucks 1-2. Larry Bird with the Celtics 1-2. The late great Kobe Bryant of the Lakers 1-2. Hakeem Olajuwon of the Rockets won two MVPs. Willis Shreed of the Knicks won two MVPs. And then two, two current players, we all, we all know and respect, Kevin Durant won two MVP final with the Warriors, and Kawhi Leonard also won two, one with the Raptors and one with the Spurs back in 2014 when he was a young guy. Uh, the next, next group, these players have won three MVP finals. They are Magic Johnson with the Lakers, Shaquille O'Neal with the Lakers, and Tim Duncan of the Spurs. The second most ever MVP Finals winner, he plays for the Lakers as we speak right now. He did it four times, LeBron James, two with the Heat, one with the Cavaliers, and one with the Lakers. And the all-time leading winner of the most ever Finals MVP award winner is Michael Jordan with six of the Bulls. Pretty good. Yeah. So it just shows you, Jake and Gordon, how hard it is. These are elite players. And the last point about this is that the first, le- first MVP of the NBA Finals wasn't given until 1969. Up to that point, there was no MVP in the Finals. The first guy ever to do it was Jerry West. And ironically, he was named MVP of the NBA Finals, losing to the Celtics with Bill Russell last year in the NBA and Sam Jones. How about that? Always learn something from you, Coach. We appreciate you jumping on with us as always. Thanks, guys. Peace out and stay well. I got you, Coach. Our friend Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on the Big Show. He jumps on with us on Mondays. All good stuff. Yeah, I wonder what the Jazz are going to do with the draft. That's interesting. I heard Locke talking about that today, that they'd pretty much be crazy to stay at 30. What's his thinking there? You're not going to get an impact player, but it's still a guaranteed contract, which means it's going to cost you, what, triple because you're over the luxury tax. So Is he suggesting get out? Saying either get out or move back to the second round where it's not guaranteed or move up to get a player that's going to come in and contribute and be worth the guaranteed contract. I wonder how high they'd have to go in order to do that. That's, that's the thing. This team is not that far away. Especially if they get Mike Conley back, uh, you know, should you strike while the iron's hot? I think you have to. I mean, honestly, and we can, we can dive into this a little bit more coming up next, but listen, if you're going to pay the tax, you don't want to be the Knicks years ago where you're paying the tax over and over again yeah. and you're losing a ton of ball games. I mean, if you're going to pay the tax, it better be worth it. Right. And so... So if, if you, you don't think you're there, then... Sorry, we're doing yeah, stuff no, no. on you there. If you don't think you're there, then you you probably ought to break some stuff down and figure something out, right? Well, it's it's my inclination to say, hey, you missed it by this much. Do something that would enable that. Now, I know that's easier said than done, but I would be motivated to get something somehow, according to the expertise of my people, to, to, to want something to close that gap because – the Jazz is one of the best, well, technically they're one of the best eight teams in the league, and they're probably higher than that. Uh, so what can you do now? Otherwise, it just sort of plays out over a long period of time, and you're how are you going to make progress? But that's why the draft is interesting, right? Because there's pretty much nothing they can do Well, other than what are you going to do with that 30th pick? 
There's also the whole idea of what we've talked about in the past with the Jazz from season to season. How much better can uh, can Donovan Mitchell get? How much better can Rudy Gobert get? I want to remind you, the Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down at the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. We'll have more for you coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.